Zoe, curious why you wrote a story about a 40-year-old actress who's struggling for work in Hollywood. Um, well, it doesn't seem like a very um, unusual story. Uh, no, you know, I um, I think for me personally, like uh, writing is parts of my life and parts of my life. So although this movie doesn't exactly pertain to the person that I am, it definitely has feelings of who I am or what this age brings to me and what I'm noticing about myself and about others. And so I thought Hollywood was a really interesting metaphor, place to like set a stage because it's so about this kind of outside look and what you look like and how thin you are and how perfect you can be and this this striving for perfection that's so, um, I know it scares me a little bit because it's not really who I am. I like the kind of messy parts of life. And so I thought this would be a really good way of describing what it's like to have all those pressures on you as a as a 40 year old woman and if you before you completely accept that you are past a certain age you're still fighting for that youthful moment and how do you find that balance and make it serve you the best way right and it reminds me of the documentary uh searching for deborah winger where there were various hollywood actresses um, interviewed about you know getting older in the industry and I think they talked about that gray area where once you're like, what, 35 to maybe 50-ish, there's very few roles that you can play. Maybe once you're past that 50 mark, there's more sort of grandmother or maternal type roles. Mm -hmm. What's your experience been with that in terms of casting for your own films and talking to other actresses about that gray area that this film seems to be about? Well, you know, I don't think we're ever aware of our age until we're that age, and then it all becomes all too, you know, there. <laughs> um, I think about, you know, it's funny, I think about my mom, and my mom had some of her best roles ever in her whole life, or anyone's life, in her 40s and her 50s, and it's because my dad saw something in her that was a very vital woman that had, there was a certain understanding of the complexities of when you get older and a, and a woman over 40 because you, we're full of all kinds of interesting things that you know maybe we weren't 10 or 20 years ago so yeah I, I talk about it a lot with different actresses because I'm interested in I'm interested in writing parts for I mean I'm not just specifically interested in writing parts for women but I like writing parts for women because I'm a woman and I see what they go through and I it's an interesting exploration so So, um, yeah, I think everybody's very concerned. I think that there is like a, a building consciousness about it that people, men and women alike, are starting to feel the imbalance of it and starting to, if not fight for, at least wish for some movies about, you know, these women in these, these ages. Zoe, what would your advice be to uh, other actresses over 40 who they're creative, they're vibrant, they want to still go on, they don't want to hide their head under the covers, but at the same time they know the realities, they know all the digs that people throw their way. Well, um, I think it's, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what it is that being an actor is, to me, it would, be, would have been a horribly frustrating job because you have to wait. You have to wait for someone to accept you. You have to wait, you have to put all your faith and all your whatever into someone else's decision. And that would drive me bananas. So 
I see a lot of really great, really talented actresses writing parts for themselves now, or co-writing parts, or directing things and moving into production on the other side to make sure that they have the parts that they want. And it's really, really, really interesting. Um, I was just reading a story in the New York Times about Amanda Peet. It was exactly the same thing. She turned 40 years old. She could. She had a great career that kind of petered out into this place where she was kind of lost in this age group, and she wrote a play for herself that ended up, she ended up giving the part away to Sarah Jessica Parker because she thought she was a better, she didn't think she was a better fit, but she thought she was great. And she thought, oh my God, I can have this woman and she can portray this and I can be the writer. So she stepped back and she let herself, you know, be a different part, but be a creative. And I think that happens with, you know, in movies and you see a lot more female directors now. And I think, you know, I think, and I think directors just need to take a little more care about females, you know, whether they're a woman director or a man director, you know, so. You even said, I think, something similar for female filmmakers, that if they kind of have a quirky niche or style to them, they're accepted, or else they can go into what, what is it called, the girl ghetto, which is all of the documentary filmmakers that are female. But in terms of being a, a, a narrative filmmaker, it, it's a little, you said there's, there's its own sort of stereotypes with that as well. Oh yeah, I, well, I mean, you know, we, as women, we're constantly, men are constantly hoping that we're gonna make chick flicks, and you know, so women will go, men don't have to go, but you can still make the right amount of money that you can because you made a chick flick, and, and that's fine, I, I love a chick flick. But I also love a serious movie, and I don't think that, there's, I mean, I don't think there's enough dramas actually directed by women, you know. Thank God for Mira Nair, who decides to make, you know, real serious narrative movies. But if you think about it, we're all kind of regulated into this, like, we're a woman and we're working and then we're going to find love and we're going to lose it, but we're going to get it back and then we're going to realize that we're probably not really good about working. We should rather be just happy in love, you know. And that's, you know, a little offensive. <laughs> But we laugh, but there's some truth to it. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's called irony. <laughs> so you did a great interview on the HuffPost Live that I watched, and you said that so many people see the end result of films, the walking the red carpet, all dressed up, and, and it looks so wonderfully easy. What would you want people to know about this project and all of the hard work you're doing behind the scenes? Well, I mean, I, I don't really think, I think that knowing, for the general audience, knowing too much about the blood, sweat, and tears that go on behind the scenes would kind of lessen the movie magic experience for people. But I think that there, when the criticism comes in about, oh, well, you just do that, and you just so easy to do that, and you're so lucky because you have that, or blah, 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 blah. There is so much work and there's so much disappointment and there's so much insecurity and there's so much, you know, fighting, but fighting this good cause and getting very like excited about it and then going downhill because it doesn't, then you have your time, you're your own, you know, captain of your ship. And I mean, making an independent movie is a very complicated thing at any time, but in this time especially, and they say, oh, well, you know, you can shoot it on 5D and you can do this. Yeah, sure, I can do all of these things. And I will do all of these things, but I shouldn't just be, you know, regulated to like, I don't know. An independent film is a really, you know, it's, it, independent film means very little money. It means 
but very little money often leads to much more creativity and that's what i'm interested in i'm not interested in a kind of a general story i want to fight the good fight i want it to get ugly and i want i think people want that you know but it's not especially doing things uglier especially doing things out of the general realm of how you know that people can't say oh well i saw that and that must be like that so then i can watch this and it's you know it's about taking a chance and you know so I, it's a lot of struggle and you know i if i had the check to write out my own movie i would absolutely do it you know a few months ago <laughs> not now but you know i'm an independent filmmaker and i come from an independent film family where we all you know work really hard to make the art and get to struggle and you know sometimes you're broke and sometimes you have money and you know that's the way it goes but it's there's nothing secure about it you really have to be kind of like strong and you know it's a really strange life but also it's such a rewarding life that you take the good with the bad well speaking of independent film and sort of the grittiness and ugliness that goes along with it with this film for day out of days do you think the topic of invisibility in Hollywood is a little too is like that elephant in the room people don't want to talk about it maybe is that too scary whereas I would love to see it a lot of independent film people I think would love to but maybe the mainstream yeah who cares let them get mad that means something's going on you know it's just uh, if you touch somebody and you make them angry it's almost like a very opposite but close to making them very happy so if you've done that then you spark something inside somebody a debate inside somebody and as a as a filmmaker that's all you kind of hope to do you know is touch somebody in a way so go for it yeah well you'd said you <laughs> like stories about pain mm -hmm. and not in the way that you like to see people transcend through them yeah, i'm not talking about like 24 the movie i'm talking <laughs> about you know right and transcend and maybe they're not they don't go to that you know perfection but that they're at an okay place what is it about that that's so fascinating to you and why do you think we all like to see it i think we're all as humans, I think there's two things, or maybe it's just me, but it's very sometimes shocking to realize that your pain and your insecurity and fears are very, very, very connected to other people in the world who also feel that their pain and insecurity is very singular. So when you can reach out, I always say when I'm writing and it's really hardcore, I call it the cringe moment, like, and it's about, you know, I can use the worst part of me in it. And I'm like, that's going to be the part that everybody's going to like because everybody's going to be able to relate to something that is unsaid but needs to be articulated, you know? So I think finding a journey with somebody is very important to your own journey and how you can live through other people, but how you can learn something about, you know, yourself and not maybe not be as ashamed about it or maybe find something really interesting about it that you wouldn't necessarily feel if you were just by yourself, you know, and isolated. Who do you think the audience is for Day Out of Days? Well, <clears throat> I don't want to just be like the woman director who makes movies for women. I mean, I will be, but I mean, I think that there is, I mean, I go to see movies about men all the time, so I don't see why men shouldn't go see a movie about a woman who's struggling or, you know, there's men in the movie if they're really bored by it but <laughs> I mean I just think that um, the audience should be I don't know I got an email from a friend of mine who's a young actress and she was talking about the movie and she said it affected her the idea affected her so much because it was what she might become 
And I hadn't even thought about that. I was so in the moment with this 40-year-old actress that I hadn't thought about. I mean, of course, the, the elders, they all know what, was, what had come, but the, the ones had not had seen the future, and I never thought about that kind of audience. So I thought that was really interesting to see a younger people projecting onto what might be able, what might become of them. So, you know, I I'm hoping for anyone who likes, you know, movies to go check it out. And God, I hope it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny thing about youth. We look at people that are older than us and think that they were just always like that. We don't realize that they were one, you know, that, that someone had said that to me a long time ago. Because yeah. you, you just don't envision that they were once your age as well. They were just always. It's shocking. It's almost more shocking to look at older people and realize that they were once your age than look at someone who's younger and think, you will become me, you know. But, uh, no, it's true. And it's, it's, you know, we have to accept this. I mean, there's such ageism problems in the world. I don't want to see the movie about old people, you know, and, and, and you know, but there, there's a vitality that I guess as you get older, you realize you will carry that vitality through your entire life. And whether you're, you know, 40 or 80, you still have that weird. I mean, I talk to people all the time who are like, I feel like I'm 19 or I'm, I have a friend who's 83 and she said, oh, I'd kill to be 60 again. And I was like, Oh, okay, okay. There's some perspective in it. So, you know, you just have to enjoy your life and make the things that you want, you know. Zoe, why did you choose Fund Anything over Kickstarter? Well, um, a friend of mine who is working for Fund Anything approached me about um, doing a campaign over there. And I didn't really, you know, I was probably like most of the world, like kind of, heard about the idea of crowdfunding like in the back of your ear and what it was and but I had no idea what the specifics that were or anything so I did I listened to what he had to say I did a little research uh, with Indiegogo and Kickstarter which and I found them all pretty having similar platforms but since my friend kind of personally drew me in to fund anything I found myself a kind of more attracted to them because it seemed more personal but then they, I, I mean, I, I don't have any really other experience with crowdfunding sites, but they were so um, involved. They helped us out. They got on the phone with us. They worked things out. They told us when they thought things weren't good. And I heard from other people that Kickstarter and Indiegogo, they just kind of like put you out there and hope you make it, you know? So I really appreciated the personal attention from them. They're really lovely people and they're trying to do something which I think all of them are, they're trying to help artists in this kind of no artist help society, <laughs> to be really eloquent about it. Um, they're trying to do something to make the public aware. You know, I was talking about everybody becoming this patron of, their, of the arts, you know, and we need this in the country. It can't just be about like, you know, texting and video games and what you can watch on iTunes. I mean, it's just, the world has gotten to be this like, you know, very it's like dulling itself around the edges i think and if we're going to do stuff to shake it up again i think that people need to get involved in what they like and what they, they can see and they can support and they can override this kind of no 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 society no that's too much of a risk no that's too thing no it's about a woman no that's that you know that just the people holding the purse strings you know so it's like i've been looking for this revolution for a long time and i think this is 
you know, I don't think Kickstarter's, I mean, I don't think crowdfunding is the end all of what, but I think it's an option and I think it's a great option, but I think it's an enormous amount of work and it's a real kind of trial by error thing the first time you do it because who could, you know, I'm, I'm a 40 plus year old woman. So that wasn't really my generational thing, but at the same time, now I know, and I'm part of that new generation, and I know what it is, and I'm not just like, ah, oh, turn down the music, it's too loud, you know, like, you know, because, <laughs> but you know what I mean, it's, it's a, you become involved with stuff, and you know about it, and that, that way you stay in touch with this new generation, you don't necessarily have to use it all the time, but instead of kind of closing yourself off to the future, or the present, you become a part of it, and I think there's, you know, and I think there's incredible generosity, this incredible support from people who are interested, you know, in you or, you know, and say things and kind of either support you or give money to you or just to look and see what you're doing. And I think that there's something, you know, very, I don't know, warm about it in a way, you know, that that's not so warm sometimes when you're looking for money other ways. Well, what were some of the things that they told you at Fund Anything? Like, did they give you a, a list of bullet points of do's and don'ts? They did. Uh-huh. They did. And, you know, of course, you know, being the rebel that I am, like, I'm not doing this, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm doing this this way, you know? And they're like, okay, whatever you want to do. But then at the end, I'm like, okay, that's not working. What should I do? <laughs> and they were like, well, okay. Yeah. And they helped out. And so that's great. You know, I tend to be a very, like, you know, I guess when you come from independent cinema, and you're the youngest child, you end up like never asking anybody for help. I'm very bad at asking people for help. And this was the ultimate ask for help, you know, putting yourself out there, putting yourself online. It's a very vulnerable thing to do in a way. But uh, it helped me get over like those kind of fears about it. You know, whether you completely succeed or crash and burn, you have to do something. It's like a call to action, you know? I'm making a movie with a basically an unknown actress. I'm making a movie about something they can't figure out where, like, how to financially make it, like, is that going to be successful? You know, there's a lot of, I'm making about Hollywood. I'm making, you know, and it's this kind of, it's kind of scathing. And so there's all these things, like, completely, like, people aren't really like, oh, great, you know, I think. So, I mean, I like a challenge, but I think this is what I want to do. And I think Alexia is the best person for the job. And so, Doing this crowdfunding and stating it out there in the world doesn't allow someone to say, oh, well, who else you could use this star instead of her? Or you can do this. Like, this is what I'm doing. You like it? Go for it. You don't like it? That's okay. Movies aren't made for everyone. But this is what I'm doing. And don't change it. And so I finally got to find my voice and be very strong in my voice and what I wanted out of it. So I felt that that was... You know, all different kinds of things came out of just going into the action of this crowdfunding, which I thought was really, really interesting and um, motivating and telling. What were some surprises? I mean, I know you have four days left as of the taping of this video. What were some surprises that you, you weren't aware of, either positive, negative, whatever, just epiphanies you had about this whole process? Well. What's really sweet about like even the funding is like people come out of the woodwork that you wouldn't expect to and it's like the most touching thing you could ever see in your life, you know, like my accountant or the guy, my dry cleaner or something. Then like they know me and they have a relationship with me and they want to see me succeed. And I just think that that kind of thing is like you shake your head and like wipe a tear away from your eye because, 
you don't, it's unexpected, you know? And so there's things like that. And, uh, and it's like, you know, I'm kind of not the most, I mean, I'll do the social network. I just don't know if I'm doing it right, you know? So there's, but there's a lot of contact with people and with different people reaching out from different areas of filmmaking to fans to friends. And so you start to re just have a reconnection with people and You know, I've been living in Paris for the last six years and um, I felt a little bit off the grid coming back to America, I gotta be honest, you know. And so it was a great way of remembering and reconnecting and becoming, becoming part of society again in this kind. I mean, it is a strange society that people belong to and instead of being always on the outside, like I'm too indie or I'm too this or I don't need to talk to anyone. It's like, no, I need to talk to a lot of people and I need to keep talking to a lot of people for business, for motivation, for food, like, you know, intellectual food. And so being someone that doesn't like to ask for help, and I know that affliction very much, how do you get to cross out of that comfort zone where you do? Because crowdfunding is so much about. I don't know. I don't even remember how I got. I just remember starting to prepare for crowdfunding and not really questioning it. And then all of a sudden I was like, I was so nervous, oh, excuse me, I was so nervous on the first day. I was like, I was like Kathy, you know, that cartoon with like the tears coming out of my eyes, like, oh, I don't know what to do. And, you know, as long as I didn't, you know, spontaneously combust that day, no one, you know, threw stones at me. I lived through that day and others. And so, you know, I, I think in this world, I was thinking about it the other day. It's like, you don't know how to do anything without practicing. And you're not, you can't be good at anything without practicing how to do it and honing your skills on any, every level, you know, including asking for help. So sometimes you need to get thrown in the pool in order to figure out, you know, how to deal with it and how to ask for something. And, you know, I get so frustrated because I'm like, nobody. And then someone said, well, you don't ask for anything. How does anyone know that you need help? And I thought, you know, so, you know, you're constantly working on yourself, trying to figure out how to get better at stuff, you know. Zoe, what's your impression of the celebrity machine? You've obviously been around it enough to know the ins and the outs of it. Um, it's a tough question. I mean, as probably most people in the world, I have an obsession and an interest in it as more of a voyeur probably than to be in it. I don't, I think it's gotten a little out of control. I think, I mean, I, it's, I, I think it's gotten out of control. I feel sorry for people like, you know, they, there's too many events and there's too much hair and makeup and there's too much, you know, and there's, there's just that attention drawn away from the work to be put into this kind of distraction of, and I don't, I mean, I, you know, fashion and film and all of that, perfect, it, it goes together for sure. But it's about, for me, it's about, I don't know, there, it, that kind of thing isn't for me. You know, I like what I do. I like being behind the camera. I hate this stuff, you know? It doesn't, uh, it doesn't thrill me. <laughs> but I do it because it's part of my job. But, um, I mean, I think some people handle it remarkably I mean you know we can't all be George Clooney but uh, he's so graceful you know and there's there's there but it's such a machine and it must be 
I was actually thinking about Angelina Jolie the other day and thinking how tired she must be. She goes here, she goes to the UN, she goes to Afghanistan, she's got six kids, she makes a movie, she directs a movie, she has a surgery, she does a thing. And she looks amazing. And she looks amazing and you think, <laughs> I don't know how. For me, I wouldn't be able to do that. And I think some people handle it really well. I think it definitely, there's probably a lot of pressure in that for those people to stay on this. And that's what the movie is about, is like, how do you stay at this level that people expect you to stay at, how you stay in this perfection and always say the right things and always do the right things and always make the right choices in your work and the right choices in love and your whole life is on display. And it just, it must be exhausting, you know? So I think that's, and I think it's a very certain time in um, society and that is this kind of celebrity. And this, I mean, and this is what my movie is about, is it's just, how do we get to this place and how is, you know, the the outside of it more important than what's like the soulfulness of it, and it's so imbalanced. And how do you how do you find your balance in an imbalanced world, basically? Right. That being said, how do you do your own promotion because it's so necessary for the campaign? And I know it almost feels like this sort of shameless like salesmanship type Double. thing, but but that it's got to be difficult <laughs> if you have those values, which I, I totally get, to then have to sell yourself for what? What is it, a 45-day campaign or how? What's how my campaign? Mm -hmm. I'm not selling anybody else's. So, you know, if I don't, if I don't sell it, you know, I want to do something. There are necessary measures to get to where you need to go sometimes, and some of them are uncomfortable. I mean, I wouldn't do something that I completely didn't believe in or thought was awful or was like against everything I, you know, and my heart believed in, but... You know, you got sometimes you gotta, you know, get out there and sling, sling it. <laughs> Going back to the whole celebrity machine, what do you want people to take away once they see Day Out of Days about the main character, about her struggle? What do you, what do you want them to see? Um, I don't know. I don't really. I I wouldn't dictate that. I think. A story is a story and everybody, that's what's great about reading a book or seeing a piece of art or watching a movie or seeing a photograph, is everybody finds their own relation to it. So I would never tell anybody what to think about it. In fact, I'd rather you tell me what you thought about it and how it would relate to you. I know how it relates to me and I know how the story relates to me. I know how the story relates to Alexia. And I feel that if we put as much truth into the story and as much 100% and try to not give a false note, then everybody is gonna have, you know, their own opinion about it, take away whether they hated it or loved it or, you know, whatever. And I think that to me, that subjectiveness is so exciting because you are so specific about how, what you wanna say and what you wanna say. And then, I mean, as a writer, you know, and then you give it to the actors and then the actors say, oh, what about this? And you're like, oh my God, that's amazing because I never thought of that because I'm that close to it. And then they bring something. You have to allow everybody to bring stuff to the, to, the, to the film because that's how the collective consciousness of the film gets born, you know? So whether they hated it and want to throw, you know, cabbages at the screen, to me that's a reaction. And I say, you know, go for it. You know, I just want people to see the movie and I want to make the movie and I want it to feel good, you know? And your main character, does she have a love interest? 
I am so excited that this movie, well, she has a love interest. It's just that that, in, that person isn't interested in her. He just doesn't know it, yeah. No, she doesn't. This movie isn't centered around like a man validating who you are, which I think is really interesting. I, you know, I mean, I'm definitely into like love stories and finding yourself and being able to find love, I, but I already explored that issue. And I think this is more about you know, I, I don't know, when you're in school and the, the English teacher tells you, like, there are five stories, there's man versus nature, there's man versus man, there's man versus himself, and this is a real man versus himself movie about somebody who ha had a moment, got lost for whatever reason, we all do at certain times, lost their way, and is struggling to find their way back, but not the way back that's offered, but the way back that's truly your way back, what's going to help you continue in your life and, and make you have a happy life. So, is it about also being seen in the world when she feels invisible? Yeah, yes, I mean, I think actors definitely, I mean, people who want to be actors want to be seen. Let's not be, you know, coy about it, you know, I think. But I, I mean, I must want to be seen in a way too by, by writing and giving certain parts of myself that are not necessarily portrayed by me on screen, but you know, through, and I think, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with being seen or being wanted to be seen. It's just the extremity of it now is so shocking. You know, there's nothing left to, there's no mystery left in the world. And I think that, you know, I come from a generation before this new generation who, I mean, who all know that there's only FaceTime and texting and things that, you know, they were all looking for like running home to check their machine to see if there's a message from the boy they love or whatever, you know, I mean, there's a certain romance that we had that before that was about discovery. And now discovery is every second, you know? And so it's interesting to find and I mean, for me to find an actress who's not so well known, you don't know her whole history when you go, when you're watching her on screen, which I think is really interesting. And just to sit back and follow a real story of someone's ups and downs is, you know, it's important. I think it's important. I'm not saying my movie's important, but I'm saying it's important to hear human stories and be able to relate to them in this time where there's this kind of mechanical, you know, accoutrement to everything. Well, everyone has a selfie on online somewhere. Yeah, I don't even know what all these, they, they're always saying like LFMO or something like that. I don't know what any of those things mean. And that's when I start to feel really old. <laughs> How long have you been trying to get this film made in a traditional manner before you went to fund anything? It goes through so many steps, I think. You know, you have an idea. I wrote a script really fast. I wrote this script really fast, which is actually not this particular script, but it was the original script of how I started. And I wanted to write a comedy, and I thought if I write a comedy, it'll be really easy, and you know, wrong. So I think there's a question of, it's a big process trying to find money because it's, everyone who wants to give you money has an opinion about a script, as they should, because they're giving you money. And um, so there's that, and then, I don't know, people like it, they don't like it. I was living in a different country. I had to come to America. I had to come to Los Angeles to kind of focus on that. So that was like even a year after of trying to kind of have meetings and go back and forth. And I mean, my last film took four years to be able to make, and it's, it's not an uncommon story among 
around filmmakers. Um, so this has been a, a couple of years, but then I did a really big script change, and, which I think is w way better. It's not a comedy anymore. It's kind of a movie about something. It's got funny parts in it, but it's not a comedy. And so, you know, I, I was thinking about this too, and I was thinking about how great crowd, how a great, the, the, an effective crowdfunding can be because sometimes you write a script and four years pass and you become a different person in that time and none of those things really make sense and then okay you could go back and rewrite but there's something if you have an idea and you can have the immediacy of making it in that time it becomes a full thought instead of like this constant broken up where you have to become like you have to put down your artist hat and you have to put on your producer hat and you have to go in and you have to get money and like that's fine it's all part of the thing but it's distracting from each other so once you you can never get back on the roll and so it takes a while it takes a while it takes much longer than people think and you know in the meantime like hopefully get some other jobs to you know, pay for your life and um, and you keep going what were some of the notes you received from the different investors that you went to? Did they want you to change it? Oh, can you make her 30 years old instead of four? I mean, like, what <clears throat> were some of the things they said to you? I don't care to talk about that. I, I think everybody sh sure has a valid thing, but until, I, you know, I have my own reasons, and I don't like when people give you notes without asking you why. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like, oh, I don't like that. And you think, well, I could tell you why that was the reason, and then we can really have a discussion about it. So... I think some people are better at giving notes. Some people are absolutely no. There are kind of maybes. There's a lot of waiting around for people to read scripts and stuff like that. So you have to, I say, pick a group of people, maybe five, that you really trust, who really know you. Some of them can be in the film industry. Some hopefully ones like a dentist or somebody who works out of the industry or something to get the full spectrum of like notes like I don't understand this why does this happen and so I, I instead of like people and people are nice they ask can I read your script and you get all excited about it because it feels validating and then you know but then you've subjected yourself to 49 opinions where you don't need 49 opinions you need five so you know it's all about collaboration I'm all about collaboration and stuff but I think it's uh you have to be smart and and also my advice would be be very 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 sure about your script before you send it out because you really only get one chance and that kind of thing unless you're like me and rewrote your script but um so you just have to have patience you have to have real conviction you know and how long is your campaign 30 days 30 days okay and is it correct that then if you make your goal that it's being matched i think i saw that on the we have a lot of yes we we have matching goals we have matching funds we have you know this is very helpful to us in many many different ways so not just for the money but for the attention and for the aware and more attention but the awareness that this is happening like I was saying like I'm doing this we're doing it this way yeah. get on board you know and uh, <laughs> the trains leaving the station the trains leaving the station you need a ride get on board <laughs> Is it easy being a second generation filmmaker with all the expectations and people's opinions about whatever it is? Their um, bias? You know, it's very hard to answer that question because that's where I came from and I didn't come from somewhere else. So I don't really know the difference between is it easy? I mean, I don't, is anybody's family like particularly awesomely easy? Some people, I guess. but. I mean, I live in a, in a family of artists who all are, you know, we're up and down and thing. But no, I mean, yes, 
Yes, no, yes, no. I mean, it gives people, I, I, I got the best lesson, I got the best film school, I got, I got movies made in my house, I got to see a way of making films from my parents that was a style that I could relate to, which was very grassroots, very like everybody come together and let's do something great, not like let's do it for the money or let's do, you know, it was a very, the intention was so pure, you know, and that time was so influential to me as a writer and director, yes, but it's something that I wanted, like a, that style, that family, that feeling that I wanted, and it felt so right and so comfortable. So that part is so great, and you know, I don't know. I mean, people are very critical, you know, and they expect you, I, well, you don't make as good as movies as John Cassavetti. He's like, well, I only made one movie. Can I get to make more movies? And maybe, you know, you'll like more of my movies because I was talking about there's that experience that you have to have. You keep learning. You keep getting better. You keep, and you have to have the ability, I mean, it, to be able to make them, you know, is people need to help you make these films so you can show, you know, it's a big circle. So, I mean, yes and no, yes, no. What would your advice be to someone else who's of a second generation film acting creative family where oh, they, they don't need my advice they've been through their shit they you know they they know what it's all about if you're born into it you you know what it's all about it's nice to maybe come together and relate for a second but i mean there's such awesome things about it and there's really shitty things about it and you know obviously we're not out there like advertising all the shitty things you know about it but you know, I would say, like, it's the key that opens the door, but you got to turn the doorknob, you know. Well, you're still human beings, so you still have to go to functions, and you still have to put your work out there. So you talked in another interview about being the cheerleader of your own project. So knowing that there are pressures, how do you be that, you know, in, that, that what are you doing to beat your own drum, so to speak? It's a bad metaphor, but what, what are you doing? Because I'm sure that it is difficult, and there are expectations or people's jealousies whatever I mean whatever it's like people are so jealous not jealous and people say awful things they tweet you awful things they send Facebook thing awful things awful things they say awful things to you about who they think you are and how why are you doing this and you should come from a rich you came from a family does it look like my family made a lot of trust fund movies I mean I mean did you see a movie of my parents you know I mean it's just like there's no so there's all these perceptions about how glamorous and how much money you have and how it's like, I've been supporting myself for many, many years, you know? I had real jobs, I worked, I did everything. So there's that, you know, but you have to let that go and you have to be like, you know, people are either, people are always gonna think what they wanna think and you can, you know, raise your hands and scream and light yourself on fire and say, I'm not that person and they are gonna believe you're a nut. So I don't really worry about that so much. Um, although, it does kind of get you down sometimes because you're just kind of trying to fight the good fight. But, um, you know, if you want to do something, you should, you have to realize that the criticism is out there too. So it's a balance. I think the quote is like, I think, is it Terry Cole Whitaker wrote a book? What other people think of me is none of my business. That's a good one. Yeah. I need to read that book. Okay. <laughs> I think I'll read it too. I'll read it. Let's, I'll read it. Let's read it to each other. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> So why are there so few stories about women in mainstream films, in your opinion? Because women are the ultimate powerful people and men want to keep them down. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
Um, I don't know. I think maybe it has to do with, I think, in the world, women are, I mean, it's, let me start that over. I think the world is changing a lot, and I think women are gaining more and more power in the world. And I think even from the 50s, even from, you know, 50 years ago, I mean, it's a completely different world. We, as women, we work, we run a home, we're like, you know, I can bring home the break and fry it up in a pan, you know, and never let you forget your man. But, but no, really, I mean, it's like women are very powerful. We're doing things, we're putting ourselves in power positions. You can, you can go have a baby by yourself if you want to. Men, I mean, it's a very different world and maybe we're just trying to figure out what that world is and get out of the man powered face and make it more equal. But, you know, I think people are kind of discovering what their roles in life are right now. And um, I think there are more and more movies about women. I think there's more of a consciousness that there aren't a lot of movies about that or that the women are put in these kind of side roles. And I think people are getting mad about it because that's not really how the world is now. Women aren't getting put in these side roles as much. We are equals or becoming equals. And um, and it seems unfair. So I think the world, the, you know, I think it happens all the time. We, we recalibrate and we figure it out. And then, you know, maybe it's a hard time to make independent films or whatever, but there'll be, you know, a group of them that go for it and get out there and it'll be these transforms formative films that make it so that there's a new way of being able to make films and a new way to talk about stuff and you know it's just a constant evolution so I think the more we can support that I'm sure in 20 years from now this will be an obsolete conversation yeah mm-hmm. so what have been the typical films about women if, if they're the main stars in the film I mean you know you I mean it's the only into the and 90s into now that there's really not that woman-centric film I mean you had all these Shirley MacLaine's and Meryl Streep and everybody in these and Anne Bancroft and Jenna Rollins and you have these amazing women doing amazing parts all the time and maybe they were half the man and thing but they weren't ever the you know even you know you think like it's not even his girl Friday or something it's like even though that's a really powerful role from the 20s to the 30s and 40s 50s got a little weird, 60s were back, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then in the 90s, it just turned into something else. And so I think we just have to get back, get out of that, you know, rhythm and get back into a new rhythm. So you'd like to see female characters that are a whole person, not just a quirky, you know, Thelma and Louise, let's go on this sort of, you know, even though wonderful film. Like I enjoyed that. But um, (laughs) yeah, no, it just, yes, I would. I like to see all characters more well-rounded, not just women, all characters. I would like to see, you know, what makes someone tick in a movie, why, what the motivation is. And, um, you know, I think, I think we need, everybody needs to pay a little bit more attention to the scripts. So when you wrote uh, the, the main character for Day Out of Days, what, what poured out of you? Like, did you see this person in your mind? This is... Did you see this woman, and, and what was it that just, you said you wrote it so quickly? I did, I, I, know, I know a lot of actresses. I tried to be an actress when I was younger, I was terrible at it, but at least I had the experience and the, and the humiliation of it. So um, I just thought what it was, it was just such a tough place, you know, to be. And it fits so well with that idea about aging, you know, God forbid we're old at 40 but 
you know, if 40 is the new 30, it's like something I wrote. It's like, but it's not the new 30 in Hollywood. And it's not the new 30 in life. I mean, we feel this vitality, but, you know, it's something we still have to fight against. Fighting the, fighting the clock, always fighting the clock. So what, what about that story and, and that this character really poured out of you? I mean, also too, and not just ageism, but also you have to be like this perfect little hostess, I think a lot of times, and, and in terms of you know, meeting people. And of course you wanna be cordial, but I think there's the pressure to, to be that as well. Oh, it's awful. I mean, it's awful. I hate being put on the spot in those situations personally. So I think it's about someone who has to kind of break their own egg you know, and it's, it's so easy to put the layers on. It's so easy for me, for a lot of people in the world, just to put the layers on and not ask the important questions and not take the scary chances and ultimately not be happy and fulfilled in life. Very easy. Much harder to take all the chances, break the egg, and find some sort of, you know, happiness.